Hi. Hi. I'm Kristen. And I'm Alex. And welcome to Eat for Effort. You're here. You're here. Thanks for coming back. Thank you so much for coming back. I know or, we've been releasing kind of irregularly. Yeah. And it's been kind of all over the place. But we're going like to get... my period. Listen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Cut that. No. I'm staying in. All right. Fine. Um... Yeah, no, thank you guys for, for keeping up and listening, even though we've been releasing kind of crazily. It's been, we're just, our lives have been crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um. And there are no rules here, you know? Just right. Right. <laughs> what? What slogan is that? Um, no rules, just right. I was not thinking that. I no, was there's thinking like, it's of, like, I think it's like a car company. I don't know. I was thinking of uh, Regina George's mom. Oh. Like, there are no rules here. I'm a cool I'm mom. I'm a cool mom. I'm not like the other moms. I'm right. a cool mom. Exactly. Did I tell you the story about when I went to a house party and all these kids like brought, you know, alcohol and I was like teasing them and like I was Regina, because I was like the senior, mm-hmm. right? And they were like the young kids. And I was like, are you going to drink because I'd rather you do it in the house? And they just like looked at me and I was like, <laughs> if you're too young to get my reference, you need to get out of my house. Like, Honestly. absolutely not. <laughs> No, sir. You turn around, but you leave the vodka. Leave the vodka, but turn around and go home. And, and you were in a smoking jacket holding like a dirty martini. I was in a robe. I'm not exact. <laughs> I cannot. I'm not exaggerating. I was in a robe. Mm-hmm. I mean, because what else would you do? Like full on house slippers, hair and curlers. Love it. Hi, this is me. It's a great visual. We should do that more often. We should have like house jackets. Yes. And, uh, what are those called? House coats? House jacket? Robe. Just a robe. What are you talking about? A robe? Yes. And then, <laughs> like, slippers. A thousand percent. One of us has to learn how to curl hair in curlers. Oh, my God. I actually, okay, so I think it was first grade. Yeah. I was a stay-at-home housewife for oh, uh-uh. my costume. Oh. So I had my hair in curlers. I had a face mask, a robe, and a reader. No, a soap opera digest or whatever it is in my pocket. Oh. Yeah, I was a fabulous little child. You were adorable, and that's genius. My Um, mom, credit to her. Good job, Mama Mac. Good job, Mama Mac. Um, I, one time, I had really, really frizzy, curly hair growing Mm -hmm. up. Like, unmanageable. Like, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so all I wanted, like, my whole life was managed curls like I didn't want to be frizzy so I tried every trick in the book short of actually getting a perm my mom would not let me get a perm shout out thanks mom for not letting me get a perm because that would have been rough right but I so one of my genius ideas like I was in middle school and I slept in those you know those like long skinny rollers that you'd like roll up and you'd wear all around sure do um so the problem is my hair was still frizzy. Like, it's like, I, I don't know what I thought. Like, mm-hmm. I just assumed that, like, my hair would dry, sleek, and beautiful. But, like, it was still frizzy. So, I kind of more just looked like a poodle. Yeah. And one of... I was taking all the curlers out in the morning. Of course, I'm crying. Begging my mom not to let me go to school. Right. She, of course, made me because she was a good mom. And she's like, no. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you need to grow up, go to school. And um, my friend Becky, like, pulled a roller out of my hair, like, in recess. Oh, no. Because there was, there were, it was so big, like I couldn't find them all. Aww. Like I had curlers still stuck in my hair. Poor thing. So embarrassing. Never again. I learned so my lesson, sorry. and I just, I gelled it back in a ponytail for three years of my life. That's okay. That listen, was a look back then. Listen, what are you gonna do? It was the early two thousands. People did not look good then. <laughs> if you ever read a BuzzFeed article about the early two thousands, you know for a fact. It was not a good time for America. I mean, we looked. Rough. It was a great time for boy bands, though. Yeah, um, it was a great time for Von Dutch Hats or whatever it was. <laughs> yep, and Ed Hardy. Gosh. So bad. And butterfly clips. I did not leave the house for nope. a while without a butterfly clip. Do in you my remember hair. you would like trade your friends? Like, oh my god, I got the blue pack. Like, yep. oh, I got the pink pack. Like, let's switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you would like twist your hair back, and at the end of every twist would be a butterfly clip. Yep. I couldn't do it. My mom could only, like, braid it, so it looked like cornrows. It was not great. <laughs> but we tried. Good job, Mom. Love e you. E for effort, Mom. E for effort, Mama Mac. Love you so much. So, yeah, you're listening to E for effort. Um, make sure you follow us on all the medias. Okay. At E for effort pod, Instagram, and Twitter. Please. Please. We're always begging you. Please, please, please. Please, 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 please. Please. We're like having conversations with ourselves on Twitter. 
Like, which is fine. Come on. Which is fine. Is it? But we'd rather have them with you. We talk to each other all the time. Right. We literally have a podcast where that's what we do. Right. We so want to talk to you. Communicate with us. Yeah, we're nice most of the time. Yeah. I'd say like solid 80% of the time we're nice. Yeah. Actually, I've been, um, I started meditating. Oh my gosh, week. me too. Obviously, it's not working because I'm still super stressed out. Oh, mine's working great. I really love it. I yeah. feel great for like the, you know, it, I do it before I go to bed and I sleep really well. Okay, so I do it when I wake up and it helps me like, start, it's like coffee now. It like nice. starts my day. Yeah. Very no. Nice. I like it. What are you using to meditate? Um, I'm actually, I'm like praying. So I, oh, like nice. I start my day and I do like a prayer, like a uh-huh. really short little prayer. And then I just kind of like lay in bed and just kind of like. I'm alone with my thoughts for yeah. like, you know, five or so minutes afterwards, just kind of like relaxing. Nice. So I'm not actually using anything. So I'm probably not really meditating. I'm more just like praying and being quiet. It's okay. Um, Cause I feel like sometimes in that silence after a prayer um, is when like, I, this sounds so cheesy. I know, but it's when like God kind of like impresses things upon you or mm-hmm. when whatever you believe in impresses things upon you. So I like to, you know, pray and get it out there and then like sit and listen Listen, I think any time for reflection is healthy. Yeah, for sure. So, good job. Thanks. That was my Lenten sacrifice. Oh. So, like, for Lent, you're supposed to give stuff up. Right. Um, but I was like, oh, I do that every year, and honestly, it just makes me resent Lent. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's not the point. Right, right, So, right. this year, I decided I'm going to add something positive, because I want to focus on, you know, good, positive things. I don't want to focus on, like, how bummed I am I can't drink soda for sure. a month. So, my Lenten... Um, sacrifices. I well, it's not really sacrifice, but like my Lenten thing is I'm adding um, a prayer every morning, and then I just like sit for a couple minutes and meditate on it. I think that's really nice. Thanks. I know I sound like really cheesy, but it's really oh. actually helped me. It's like, especially because right now it's just really like if you know me and you've encountered me in the last two weeks, you know I've been like a ball of manic, stressed anxiety, fear, and it's I honestly think that I probably would have like fallen into a heap and died if I had didn't wasn't doing this you know right so I think it's really helping good yeah excellent thanks happy to hear that I mean listen we do what we can I'm being serious thanks good job speaking of other things that make me so happy can we talk about I don't know if this is what you're gonna be obsessed with for the week but I think that it would behoove us to say that we've both seen Black Panther oh yeah and we're both I've seen it twice I've seen I saw it on Saturday and on Wednesday like, um, I'm obsessed with it. No, I am also obsessed, but uh, I saw a BuzzFeed article about um, Michael B. Jordan today, mm-hmm. and I want to find it while you talk about this, because I thought it was so funny. I mean, I don't really need to, like, I don't feel like I need to go on about it, because I, I feel like everyone has, like, already touted about how amazing it is and Obviously, how wonderful it is. it broke, like, every box office yeah. record, like, ever, didn't it? And I think it's just a really... I think if you I think if you want a really cool commentary on it, you should listen to what Trevor Noah said about it. Um, did you watch Trevor that? Noah. He had a little clip talking about it. It was really cute because like apparently like he understood the language that they were speaking. He's like, guys, this is just for me. This is for me. This isn't for you. You know, like I don't need subtitles. This is for me. And like the mom, you know, like reminded him of his mom and stuff. So if you, I think Trevor Noah summed up people's feelings about it really good. Like I think it was just. It was just so well done. It was so well done. It was so It good. was such a good movie. Like, just just generic. It was such a good movie. And I enjoyed it so much. I did too. And I, lo- and I eat that shit up. I love superhero movies. Like, I, I love too. them. But it's like, this one was so, just so powerful and awesome and impressive. And, oh, I loved it. Go- if you haven't seen it, I don't know how, but go immediately and see it. Right, you're like and the see one it. person left in this universe that yeah. has not seen this movie yet. Go and see it, and then see it again, and then do something nice for someone. Honestly. I got um, really into the Avengers movies and, like, all the Marvel stuff with um, when Maddie and I started dating. Like, I had seen the Avengers previously yeah. and, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, but, A, I didn't realize how they all fit together. Yeah. And um, B, I didn't, I wasn't obsessed like I am now. But yeah. we watched, um, gosh, Civil War, yeah, Captain America: Civil War. I like died. I yeah. loved that so much. So then we've been watching them out of order. But we watched like Doctor Strange and the I haven't sequel. seen Doctor Strange yet. It's cool. It's like all of the characters like pop into each other's lives, oh, cool. which is really neat. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like a puzzle to me. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, in Civil War is when you first meet Black Panther, and that's so cool. I was he in only Civil War? Wasn't he in the other event? Wasn't he in the Avengers? Maybe. 
maybe. I think, because I think that's when... No, uh, he's in Civil War when the terrorist attack happened. That's in Civil War. For some reason, yeah. I was thinking that was in the Avengers. Might be, might be. Oh, it's so good. That I have seen Love Civil it. War. I couldn't remember if I'd seen it or not. Love all of it. So good. It's super See fun. See it immediately. Those are like our date nights now. Yeah. Like superhero movies. Yeah. I love it. They're so good. Yeah. You um, don't need our... I don't feel like anyone needs to hear our commentary on it. No. Like if you... You know, but you need to see it. It's amazing. Okay. So this tweet from Michael B. Jordan kills me. So someone tweets and goes, Michael B. Jordan is a five foot nine adult man that loves anime and lives with his parents. Y'all told me those things were unacceptable though. Which I find hilarious. (laughs) So then he like claps back and says, first of all, I'm six foot and they live with me. Put some respect on my name. LOL. And Goku and Naruto, Naruto, Uh I don't know, are real ones. That just says LOL. But like hilarious all the way around. Loved it. No, Loved I have it. to find the best, the best BuzzFeed. I, I've been obsessively Googling BuzzFeed articles about Black Panther because I legitimately, I cannot get enough of it. I, I have to keep reading it. There's one that's hilarious. It's about all the like dirty tweets about M'Baku. And it's just, I have to find, one of my favorite ones was, um, uh, oh wait, let me see if I can find it. Um, it's at like the very end. M'Baku could throw my back out if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> so funny because like everyone's freaking out over, you know, Black Panther and Killmonger. Which, like, obviously, duh. Mm-hmm. But like M'Baku was nice too. I mean, like, come on, man. <laughs> like there, everyone was so beautiful. I think that's also like it was just so visually stunning. Like it was just so. Oh, and the effects. Oh, so good. So yeah, go see it. Go, just go see it. Go see it. Immediately. 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 Cool. Cool. So we're going to switch it up a little <laughs> bit, guys. So stop, collaborate, and listen. Right? Okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Cut that. I'll cut it. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll cut it. Um, we're going to start. We're, okay, so we were like trying to think of, we've been kind of, We've been kind of experimenting on you guys, I think, since this podcast started. Like, just kind of doing whatever we wanted to do. Again, there are no rules. Yeah, just right. I swear to God, that's a slogan for something. I swear to God. I'm not making that up. I can't. Okay. And so, we were... Honestly, here's how... What happened was, we were trying to think of a topic for today. Like, what are we going to talk about? We kind of right. talk about something. And um, we can't just keep interviewing our friends because... They're amazing, and people are going to want to talk to them more than us. People are going to want to just listen to them and not us. Exactly. Because both times we've had people on, all I've heard back was how amazing they were and how much they love them and how they want to hear more of them, and I'm like, yeah, but it's our our podcast. I'm like, yeah, Michael and James are cool, but like, so are we. Yeah, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) So you don't want to hear me talk about Disney for an hour? I'm not not understanding. So we were like trying to think of what topic we were going to talk about, Mm -hmm. and um, I was like oh, why don't we just, like, tell each other something or teach each other, teach the other one something that we don't know about. Like, tell a story or talk about something that we're just interested in. Right. Because I feel like it's so much easier to talk to each other with a microphone in front of us if there's, like, something we both really, like, want to talk about. Like, one of my favorite episodes to record so far has been the interview one. Yeah, I We just, like, talk about stuff that we, you know, liked and learned by each other. Yeah. So... Because we also realize that sometimes... One of us is very passionate about something that the other is like lukewarm on or not knowledgeable about. Right. Not that we're knowledgeable about really anything. We're knowledgeable about what we. Oh, so here's the other problem. What we learned when we were trying to start this podcast really mm-hmm. was like we're both knowledgeable and interested in really weird stuff. Yes. That often doesn't connect or make sense. <laughs> Yes. Or, like, it's, like, we don't really have, like, a, just a general, like, we're really knowledgeable about cars. Right. Let's start a podcast about cars. No, that's why you'll notice in our logo, there's about, mm, I don't know, eight different things in that No, there's chart. only, like, five, and we had to cut, we had, like, we had 17. Oh, yeah. We had, like, over 10. And our graphic artist was like, hey, guys, like, that looks crazy. Pick five. Mm-hmm. And we were like... Can we pick six? Like, right. we were still trying to fit things in. Like, we are interested in so many things. It was impossible to so tell them So many things that we are not experts in. Oh, not by any means. Right. So, exactly. So, we have to... So, we're going to... We're going to try something new <laughs> because 
we've been meditating a lot and so we're just like really with it you know what I mean like we're really connected to our mind bodies and souls absolutely so do you want to go first and do you want me to go first oh my gosh this is so weird oh my gosh (laughs) so um I'll go first okay you go first I like I like that Alex takes control I'm just like Georgia when she's like I want to go first so I can just sit back and chill Mm -hmm. the rest of the podcast I feel you, girl. I'm the same way. And I want to go first because um, I'm nervous and so I just want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my topic today, because I was born and raised here, is uh, one of the most um, iconic things that has happened to the city of Chicago, the Chicago Fire. Oh my gosh! <laughs> excited this is so fun I'm so excited I'm like I was actually really excited doing the research on it and by research I mean reading the Wikipedia page let's be real we need to donate to Wikipedia after this because I also just pulled all my stuff from Wikipedia totally I would also like to credit the history channel thank you Smithsonian yes history channel and DNA info Chicago which was a (laughs) local newspaper that was online and it's no longer but thanks for getting those facts in before you shut down love it okay so like I said, I was born and raised in the city, so ow, ow. I love Chicago, and I am obviously biased. I think it's the best city ever. So, I'm going to set the tone. It's 1871. Chicago Ooh. is literally thriving right now. Bam. So, we're like, you know, height of industrial revolution. Yeah. Not the height of it, but it's coming. But, like, things are happening. Right. The population here is approximately 324,000 people, which is insane because it's literally millions now. And, like, when? When was this? 1871. Three, that many people in 1871? Yeah. Wow. Um. So, between businesses and politicians, the Windy City is having, like, a real moment now, which is very exciting. Okay. Until the Chicago Fire happens. Dum, dum, dum. The Great Chicago Fire. So, the Chicago Fire starts at 9 o'clock at night on October 8th, again, 1871, in or around a small barn belonging to Patrick and Catherine O'Leary on the southwest side of Chicago. Uh, The shed next to the barn was the first building to burn, but city officials never determined the exact cause of this. Oh, we know what happened. Um, There has, however, obviously been a lot of speculation over the years. So I don't know if people outside of Chicago know this or not, um, but the most popular tale blames Mrs. O'Leary and her cow. Yeah. Okay, so as someone who's not from Chicago, I can say I knew about Mrs. O'Leary and her cow. That's so crazy. That's such an infamous story. Yeah. Like, makes me happy, but uh, later you find out that she was riddled with, like, such grief. Yeah, I bet. That, like, breaks my heart. She's like, single. probably ruined this woman's life. Oh, totally. <laughs> you okay. brought down one of the greatest cities. Serious. Um... But it rebuilt stronger than ever because, you know, Chicago. Love it. Uh, can't keep us down. So, okay. So, it blames Mrs. O'Leary's cow, um, who allegedly knocked over a lantern in the barn. Um, God. Wait. Farmers, back me up on this. Would you have a lantern just hanging in a barn? Okay. So, this is actually one of the theories that disproves this. Because um, they say that Mrs. O'Leary was out in the barn milking the cow. I see, I see, I see. At 8 o'clock at night? That's what everyone says. They're like, why would you be milking a cow at 8 o'clock in the evening? You milk cows in the morning. If she was doing something else in that barn. Okay, so they think other people were. So, Ooh, um, intrigue. Another theory is that a group of men was gambling, or were gambling, inside the barn and knocked over a lantern okay. when they got caught. In what world could you just go in someone's barn and gamble in there? You'll find out. Okay. Um, I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. There also was a series of fires that struck the Midwest at that time. Yeah. So the same day, there was a large fire in Wisconsin that killed over a thousand people. Poor. And they don't know what started that either. Poor Wisconsin. They're like, we had a fire too. And like, yeah, but it's not the great Chicago fire. Oh, totally. And then there were <laughs> ones on like lakes in Michigan and stuff and like... Everybody was just kind of like, yeah, but it's not Chicago. Yeah. Um, and then there was even rumors of a meteor. <gasps> like a meteor Aliens. struck down. Aliens. That theory was disproven. Okay, well. Disproved? Huh? I don't know. Any don't English either. majors out there? Hit me up. My mom? Hit, tell yeah. me. Okay, so. Opie, opie. 
The actual fire itself, part of the reason the fire was able to spread so quickly was because the city used wood for everything. Yeah. So all of our buildings were made out of wood. They're mm-hmm. all wood frames, uh, which I found out are called balloon frames. I didn't know. I mean, it was like, it was the 1800s. I mean, I'm uh, right. lots of stuff is probably made out of wood or mud. Right, right, right. So more than two thirds of the structures in Chicago at that time were actually made entirely out of wood. And most being, you know, homes and buildings. Yeah. Uh, they were also all topped with highly flammable tar oh, and good. shingles. Oh, good. So basically death traps. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, my um, God. So the roof will collapse the, before the building even burns down. Right. The best part is actually that the city's sidewalks and roads were also made out of wood. So, like. What? This is just, like, dominoes. But like, isn't, don't you just already have dirt? Am I an idiot? Can't you just walk on dirt? Listen, I wasn't you, alive at this time. That sounds like the most convoluted thing. Like, let's pave this, let's pave this perfectly good dirt with wood. Like, I understand why you don't want to live in. I hear dirt. you. I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Hey, I'm not. I'm not here to judge. It was also an unusually dry time in Chicago. So Chicago normally gets a lot of summer storms mm-hmm. during the summer. Duh. And uh, as it turns to fall, we get a lot of thunderstorms, especially because we yeah. get a lot of tornado warnings kind of yeah. during that time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1871, Chicago had only actually received one inch of rain between July 4th and October 9th. Oh, I bet. So it's basically a drought, super dry. Oh, I bet it was so probably, was it hot? I bet it was like hot. It was hot. And then so much there static. Was, there was a lot of wind. Yeah. I hate the wind. The wind is actually one of my biggest fears. So this would have... This would have been the worst It's like literally your nightmare. Yeah. Um, So strong southwest winds help to carry flying embers towards the heart of the city, which is essentially the loop, which makes me very sad. So this is just another reason why I hate the wind. And I think, you know what, maybe in a past life, I lived through the Chicago fire, and that's why I hate it so strongly. I think that the only time you've ever been allowed to actually hate the wind is now. Like, the wind is not dangerous. rooted. Yeah, but it's... But it's wind. Like, it's not going to hurt you. Okay, it's fine. But unless it's on fire. And then it'll then it'll hurt you. Regardless. Okay, so in 1871, the Chicago Fire Department had 185 firefighters. Firefighters? Firefighters? Why? Firefighters. Firefighters with just 17 horse-drawn steam engines to protect the city. <laughs> so, so you have 300 how many people? Uh, 324,000 people. So, long story short, that's not enough. (laughs) Uh, So, today, Chicago's fire department is the third largest in the world. Ow, ow! Behind New York City and Cal Fire. Uh, It has over 5,000 employees and 98 stations throughout the city. That's right. We used to live live right next to one, down in West Town. Yes, we did, and they are busy people. I can't even imagine. <laughs> it was I like, seriously, it was almost like a joke when you'd hear the engines go. I mean, we were like seriously blocks from it. I cannot imagine. It was great. Okay, so the initial response by the fire department was quick, but there was an error with a watchman. Um, he sent the firefighters to the wrong place. So that <laughs> How do you miss great. the place on fire? <laughs> like, hey, go to the place that's on fire. I mean... <laughs> Not sure. There was also an alarm that failed because the firefighters were uh, sleep deprived from having fought numerous small fires and a large fire the week prior. Oh no! So poor they kind of slept through the whole thing. The poor. Listen, poor that's why I can't be anything that requires me to wake up quickly on alarms. Oh, I agree. Yeah, couldn't do it. Um, okay, so when firefighters finally arrived at Coven Street. Uh, where the fire originated, the fire had grown and spread to neighboring buildings and was progressing toward the central business district. Uh oh. Um, they had hoped that the Chicago River would contain it, but how'd that go? <laughs> so along the river were lumber yards, warehouses, coal yards, and then uh, barges and bridges over the river. So those all kind of burned. Yeah. Uh, as the fire grew, the southwest wind again. I hate that wind intensified and it became super hot uh which caused structures to catch fire from the heat and uh burning debris blown 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 by the wind yes blown by the wind uh so basically panic ensues yeah well i can only imagine so the mayor at this time is um mayor roswell b mason um, and he sent out, like, the bad signal, basically, to nearby towns <laughs> asking for help. And Wisconsin's like, we're on fire, too! Basically. Um, 
so a contributing factor to the fire spread was a meteorolog meteorological phenomenon known as a fire whirl. So this is actually my personal hell, I think. A fire whirl? Yes. Yeah, so as overheated air rises, it comes into contact with cooler air. It makes like a tornado? Yes. It makes a, ter a tornado. A fire-nado? Which is literally like terrifying. Could you, could you, first of all, first of all, tornadoes as a whole have we talked about this before tornadoes as a whole are my most terrified of all natural disasters because one i went to school in oklahoma right and i every saturday morning they would test that tornado siren and i'm not i'm not kidding i knew it was saturday morning and it was a test but it's just it's so scary like that yeah. sound like, it's so scary then top it off tornadoes are like hurricanes like i'm also from houston right. so hurricanes you see them coming it's like you know you don't know exactly where they're gonna hit you don't know how bad it's gonna be sometimes they pick up steam sometimes they lose it but it's like okay here's this huge thing forming and it's probably most likely gonna go this way right. but a tornado you're literally just sitting in bed one day and all of a sudden you hear the tornado siren and you're like oh my god gotta hide now like they're right. quick they're so fast they're so fast, they can change direction in a second. And they're de super deadly because of, yeah. like, things killing you. And also, um, I know, like, with the tornado that struck here, a lot of it was um, they had issues with people that would escape the tornado, essentially, but then, like, houses would blow over and they'd get, like, struck by lightning. Uh, yep. And uh, that's also horrifying no, to me. No, absolutely so, not. No. Tornadoes, tornadoes not, on fire? Not a fan of the tornado. Can you absolutely imagine if it was not. a fire shark nato a fire shark nato and mars can't can't do it so anyways uh these helped the fire to rage against the city's north side so that's like wrigleyville <gasps> that whole area oh, which no. is really sad okay so finally, <laughs> wrigleyville don't worry guys was wrigley really wasn't even there it's fine i don't know i don't know when wrigley went in no there's no way baseball wasn't even a thing yet was it i don't know they won the world series in like 1900 yeah, but this is 30 years before 1901, 1901, 1900 something. This is like, this is I, listen, I don't know. No way. I don't know when sports started. Sports. Um, okay, so the evening of the 9th slash into the morning of the 10th, it starts to rain and the fire starts That's to good. burn itself out. So it, this fire raged for three days. So, okay, one thing I heard was one of the reasons why it was so bad was they did think that the rivers would contain it. Yeah. But the rivers were so dirty, they caught on fire. Yeah, that's a thing. So, like, I, I just want you to imagine. Just, like, close your eyes. And you're, there's two, there's two, like, parts of a city. And there's this huge river going through. And you're literally watching the other part. And you're like, oh, my God, that totally sucks. But, like, thank God we're good. This big body of water is right here. Yep. And then that catches on fire. Yeah. I don't know what you would do. Yeah. Uh, I think at that point you could only just like I think you start trying to walk away from the fire as quickly as possible. Walk run girl, I'd be in I'd be in Well the problem is you run to Wisconsin, what's in Wisconsin? Fire. Other fire. You can't escape it. Can't escape. You can't escape it. Son of you a gotta bitch. go to the suburbs. I don't know. <laughs> hey pal time, what up? <laughs> what up, Arlington Heights? Can I hide from the fire? <laughs> Honestly, it's I can't. Um okay, so once the fire ends the smoldering remains. Ooh. So it's still too hot to like really do anything about the damage or yeah. start to like clean it up. Yeah, you're just like so looking cool. at this dead so burnt it's just, city. Exactly. It's, it's just fallout. like a reminder yeah. of like how terrible your lives are gonna be for it's the like, next Hi, you know, remember that there. remember that remember that store that you worked your whole your great great grandfather worked his whole life and built from the, you know, wood he chopped down from the tree next like well it's gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone and everything inside of it's gone. Literally gone. So in the days and weeks that follow the fire, donations flood in from all around the world, which oh, is really awesome. nice. So individuals, corporations, and cities all donate to Chicago, which is awesome. Um, St. Louis specifically, New York, Milwaukee, London, awesome. Thanks, that's amazing. Bros. See, and that's totally. what makes mankind awesome. I agree. Stuff like that. I agree. Um, almost immediately, however, the city begins to rebuild. And it also begins to rewrite its fire standards. Yeah. Uh, you think? <laughs> right. So Chicago, uh, in the meantime, over the last however many years, developed one of the country's leading firefighting forces, which I'm very proud of. Um, and like I said, they began to rebuild immediately as well. 
So um, one of the examples that it cites is the Palmer House, which is a oh, famous yeah. hotel here. It's a big deal. It's beautiful. I've never actually been inside. We should go one day. Oh, it's gorgeous. They have a nice bar, too. We should go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the Palmer House burns down completely. So, and it had, <laughs> the Palmer House burned to the ground uh, in the fire 13 days after its grand opening. Oh! So its developer, uh, Potter Palmer, secures a loan and rebuilds the hotel to higher standards across the street from the original and proclaims it the world's first fireproof building. Nice. And it's been there ever since. And it's a beautiful place. If you're ever going to Chicago, stay at the Palmer House. Don't, I don't know, maybe stay there. I think it's expensive. Was it haunted? It's probably super haunted. Oh, man, I hope it's haunted. Definitely get a drink there. Okay. Nice. So, rumors about the fire. Ooh. So, obviously, different theories break out about who starts it and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's actually a Chicago Tribune writer named Michael Ahern that... Uh, or Matthew Ahern. I didn't write it down because I was going to take this part out, I'm going to be honest, but here we are. Um, he kind of blames Mrs. O'Leary, and he publishes it, but then feels badly and ends up yeah. saying that like he made it up uh, later. But So the most popular legend is obviously Mrs. O'Leary and her cow. Um, the story goes that she was in the barn late at night milking her cow. The cow kicks over a lantern, setting fire to the barn, uh, Mrs. O'Leary has denied this, or had denied it for years, literally until she died, uh, stating that they were in bed before the fire started, um, but it didn't matter. Yeah. Stories were spreading. Like, Everyone blamed her. And there's actually, oh, um, she was an Irish immigrant. She was Irish and Catholic. Well, her name's O'Leary. Obviously. But uh, <laughs> they figured that that was part of the reason Why? that she was kind oh, of an easy scapegoat no, because there Mrs. were tensions in the city at that time so yeah. poor lady but um so there's a chicago folk song and it goes late one night when we were all in bed mrs o'leary lit a lantern in the shed her cow kicked it over then winked her eye and said there will be a hot time hot time in the old town tonight um so that's terrible you know you gotta say at least like chicago can can tease itself you oh, know like sure. they can they can poke fun at we would stuff. be nothing without our sarcasm in Chicago. Yeah. Um, okay. Snark for days. So amateur historian, historian, God, amateur historian Richard Bales has suggested that the fire started when Daniel Pegleg Sullivan. Excuse you? Uh-huh. Who first reported the fire ignited hay in the barn while trying to steal milk. No evidence really Do you keep milk in the that? barn? Don't you need to put it in like somewhere cold? I think he was trying to steal it from the cow. <laughs> I think that's what was happening. Did you? Did people just know how to milk cows back then? I, mean, I bet. I bet they did. Yeah, survive somehow. Honestly, if you gave me a cow, I'd probably figure it out. If you might get knew kicked. How, know how to hotwire cars now and I don't. Forever. Do you know how to hotwire a car? No, but people stealing instinctually cars know how to hotwire cars. I know, but so is he a professional milk stealer? Was he some drunk dude that was like, oh, cow, and just like started to squirt milk in his mouth? But my whole thing is, where? why is there just a lantern hanging up in a... Like, who cares if the cow has he light? He probably brought it to steal the milk. I just... I mean... I, I, I don't know. Okay. So, then another theory is uh, developed by Anthony DiBartolo. Um, he reports evidence suggesting that Lewis M. Cohn uh, may have started the fire during a craps game. According to Cohn, on the night of the fire, he was gambling in the O'Leary's barn with one of their sons and some other neighborhood boys. Oh. So when Mrs. O'Leary came out to the barn to, like, shut it down, essentially, they knocked over the lantern as they fled, although Cohn states that he paused long enough to scoop up the money. So, we're, you know, Chicago has... Priorities. It's right priorities, okay? So following his death in 1942, Cohn bequeaths uh, $35,000, which... Uh, was assigned by his executor, executors to Northwestern University. The bequest was given to the school uh, in 1944 along with his confession. So he kind of owns I think, it. Yeah, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. Um, so that's kind of the Chicago fire. So the Chicago fire burned from Sunday, October 8th to early Tuesday, October 10th. Uh, it killed up to 300 people and destroyed roughly 3.3 square miles of Chicago, which is horrible. That's insane. 
It left more than 100,000 residents homeless, and it caused an estimated $200 million in damages. Back in the 1800s? Back in or, the 1800s. like, now? I, honestly, I was trying to figure that out, and I'm not sure. There's no way. $200 million in damages would have been, ha- yeah. I mean, like, a trillion dollars. It has to be. It has to be now. Now. Um, one of the buildings to survive the Chicago fire, though, is the Chicago Water Tower, which is kind of cool. Um, this is actually really sad because I have lived here all my life. Um, but my mom pointed the water tower out to me when we were at lunch, um, over Christmas. And, uh, we have a huge shopping facility here called Water Tower Place. And across from it is the old water tower. It's that, like, yeah. Huh, okay. It's the, like, cute little historical building. Yeah. That's the old water tower. Okay. Had no idea. No? Um, It's right off of Michigan Avenue. I don't know. You may have heard of it. You may have not. I don't know. Um, Also, in 1997, the Chicago City Council passed a resolution exonerating Catherine (laughs) O'Leary, the Irish immigrant who died in 1895, and her cow. And today, the Chicago Fire Department Training Academy is located on the site of the old Leary, old Leary property where the fire started. So, so hilarious. Like, that's so Chicago. Right. Um, actually, my favorite is the last little fast fact that I found that uh, Catherine O'Leary's son, his name was James, and they called him Big Jim, was a major figure in gambling operations on the South Side, which makes me believe that the guy's story is pretty accurate. And he helped pave the way for the rise of infamous gangster Al Capone. That is so awesome. So good on you, Chicago. Um, From the Chicago Fire, we have a Chicago soccer club called Chicago Fire. That's why they're called that. And then we obviously have Chicago Fire, the NBC hit show with all the cutie firemen. And I thought, so I heard that the reason why the Chicago Bulls are the Bulls was because of Miss O'Leary's cow. Probably, and their their whole thing is called, uh, or their slogan is seeing red, which yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it also makes sense since they're bold. But, but it's like, but the color is red because of the fire. Right. That's why. That's why I always heard, but I don't know if it's true. Yeah. I um, love that story. I When I first moved to Chicago, when we first moved to Chicago, I did, I don't know, probably like five of those like boat tours. Yeah. So I could learn all this like knowledge and facts that people like come to visit. I could be like, oh, and this is blah, 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 and this is blah, blah, blah. And um, in every one, they talk about the Chicago fire. I and love it's, it. It's so, it's so fascinating. I think it's really cool because it just shows how resilient the city is. Yeah. Um, Chicago obviously rebuilt and right. we're now... Uh, a pretty huge city. Yeah, and I think... There are a few people that live here. Yeah, and I think it's cool, too, when you think about, like, you know, like, all the stuff that's going on with Houston and rebuilding after um, the hurricane and and New Orleans after Katrina. It's like, this happened in, like, 1870. You know, it's like, this city was able to rebuild back before... People were even all over the country, you know. Right, it's or like before it, celebrities were giving money on like GoFundMe pages. Right, or like that. right. This was like this was really an effort of like local people. Totally. And isn't there is there is it Chicago? Is it somewhere else? That's like there's a cool story about the um, library. Like I maybe it was Chicago. I don't know, but like something happened. Some natural disaster happened. I thought it was Chicago, and like the library burnt down, and all these other cities like loaned them like books or like sent books or something might not be chicago i don't know but i I thought it was but i think that's just i think that's so cool that's such a good story thanks it also represents one of the stars on the chicago flag do you know what the four stars are i always look them up i always look them up like one of them is chicago fire one of them is um one of them is for the world fair world's fair one of them is for the fort see this is one of those things i learned on my my tour one of them is for the fort one of them is for the World's Fair. One of them is for the Chicago Fire. And I don't remember I don't know what the fourth one is. I thought is. it was for the industries, like steel and meatpacking, but I could be totally wrong. I don't know. Um, I will say, I um, when I was in middle school, I guess, I watched the show on Disney called So Weird. Like, I was obsessed with that show for a long time. Yeah. Um, and one of the first episodes that they do is actually about Chicago. Really? Um, and they t- reference the Chicago fire, but the ghost that's haunting them is actually from like the Chicago flood that happened instead. Huh. Or, like a, a boat that sinks or something. So I was looking for ghost stories that kind of like associated with yeah. the Chicago fire. You know I love a good ghost I didn't story. find any. So. We'll find, we'll find, we'll have to talk about some Chicago ghosts. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty. There okay, here are the, the flags. So the bottom blue stripe represents the south branch of the river. Um, 
And the four six-pointed stars represent the major historical events, Fort Dearborn, the Great Chicago Fire, the World's Columbian Exposition, and the Century of Progress Exposition. Okay, so the Columbian one happened, like, not even 15 years after the fire. It was the 1890s. Yeah. Because that's when H.H. Holmes, who... Oh, yeah. We should literally just do an episode where we talk about H.H. Holmes. Because yeah. I H.H. Holmes is one of the things like got me obsessed with um, with true crime because I just thought that was so that story is so crazy. Totally agreed. Good job, Alex. I like hey. that. That was so cool. Thanks. Okay, so if you know me at all, you know that I'm like super into like astronomy and like horoscopes and numerology. Basically, I just like love talking about myself, and so I love things. <laughs> I love things that tell me about myself. Like I love self being self analytical. I love right. analyzing things like, and I love using tools like that to like relate to other people because I have a little bit of that trait where like, it's hard for me to empathize all the time. Like it's, I, sometimes I don't always get how I'm supposed to like respond or to be, I don't know. Yeah. So I like having like things like, Oh, she's a, you know, I, she's a whatever. So she acts this way because of this and like I can respond because of this or he or whatever. Yeah. So one of my very favorite things to do oh my God. is take the Myers-Briggs test. So I'm going to be talking about the Myers-Briggs test and I made Alex. So we decided not to tell each other our topics so that it can be like genuine like teaching each other. Right. But I made Alex take the test so she knew you knew what the topic was going to be. Yeah. Because you had to take it. And she kept being like I'm it's like a it's like, you don't know what I've never heard before. And I was like, really? And she's like, no. No, it's going to be insane. <laughs> but I just love it. So I just think it's so no, fun. No, I think I'm excited. Okay, so first I'm going to tell you a little bit about the history of the Myers-Briggs test. Okay. So I didn't know this before I started doing the research, but I think this is really cool because it was invented by two women. Did you um, know that? I did not. So it was invented by Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers. Nice. So, and when I say invented, they definitely... Um, were inspired very heavily um, by Carl, and I always say Young, but I, I don't think that's right. Carl, it's like J U N G S. Is that Young? I always see tell that. me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you will. Anyone that speaks German. Um, so it's inspired. It's kind of like inspired by his. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So basically, it's based on Carl Carl Young's um, conceptual theory, which basically states that there are four. Um, psychological functions. So there's sensation, intuition, feeling, and thinking. Okay. And so actually, and I kind of, when I read that, I was like, oh, so they just kind of stole his thing and changed it a little bit. But Catherine actually began her research in 1917, um, which was before the book was translated into English. So it's very mm-hmm. unlikely that she read it and then started doing it. Um, so she started her research in 1917, but it was very, it's kind of cool how she started. It was very much like she was observing people and like her family sure. and actually it, they say that she started by observing her son-in-law and she noticed that he had very different traits than like the rest of his family or than her family and so she kind of started unofficially compiling these differences between family members and developing um she called them four temperaments and they were um meditative spontaneous executive and social so those were her four temperaments. Okay. Which is so cool. When you look at so when you look at the four um, that Carl Jung came up with and the four that Catherine came up with, it's kind of interesting to see how they kind of mesh and yeah, go together. Yeah, relate. Yeah. So in 1923, when Jung's book was translated into English, she thought she read it and she was like, "Oh wow, like my types and his types kind of correspond a little bit. Like right, maybe right. there's more to this. Maybe I should look into this." So. Um, so after studying his theory, um, she kind of transformed that her interest into creating this massive theory that kind of like drew on his theory and also her theory. Um, and she enlisted um, the help of her daughter. So her daughter was um, a very well-educated young lady, and she worked for basically... Um, this guy, I forgot exactly what he did. I didn't write it down because honestly it was a long word and it was boring sounding. But basically her daughter apprentice, apprenticing this guy was how she kind of got the actual technical knowledge to create this, um, this theory or this, this idea. Totally. 
So um, neither woman was formally educated in psychology, but they were self-taught in the psychometric testing. So that's kind of what she or her daughter learned from the guy that she worked for was this okay. idea of like how to, cause like when you're a psychology is a lot about like testing hypotheses and yeah. using experiments and like controls and like, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like some conceptual, like a lot, some of it is conceptual, but some of it does have to be quantified and mm-hmm. like measured. Um, also I like to point out that I'm not a psychologist. I did not study psychology. I took AP psych in, uh, 12th grade and I almost failed. So like, (laughs) let's all calm down. I am not a purported expert in this. This is from Wikipedia and a little bit of my own knowledge from AP psych. So loving this. Um, so they began creating the indicator during World War II, which this is a cool thing. They began creating this indicator during World War II to help women find appropriate work for them in the industrial technological sector. Because whenever all the men went off to war, that's kind of when women really started entering the industrial workforce. So they wanted, exactly. So they wanted this indicator to where you could take this test and see based on your type like, what are some good, you know, what are some good good work for you to do? Right. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, so they wanted women to be able to go into the workforce and find jobs that they would like. Um, cool. So this became the Myers-Briggs type indicator. So that's why when you see it abbreviated, it's like MBTI. Nice. It has 93. The real one has 93 questions. Now, Alex and I didn't have $49.95 to pay for the real one. <laughs> so we took whatever crazy online one we had. It was, I've taken the real one before and it was very similar, yeah, I think, to what we actually to took. Yeah, I had to take it for a management course in college. Yeah. Um, but what's cool about it is, I don't know if this ha- if this, if yours changed, but mine's changed. I've taken this, I've taken the official one, um, twice. And then this one I took today once, but my one that I took in like, um, you know, college was different than what I took when I first graduated and started in the workforce than this last time, which Honestly, is, I don't remember. well, so that's actually a criticism of the test is that it's actually, there is a lot of criticisms of this. Okay. Um, one of which being that it's not, um, it's not stable. It's not steady. You can, the same person can take this test and get three different outcomes, three different times in their life. Now, is that because we as humans evolve and change or is it because the test itself doesn't really, um, give you an accurate, an accurate reading? Like, is mm-hmm. it possible to kind of get three different things? Mm-hmm. So it has 93 questions. Um, and the, basically the four different things are extroversion versus introversion, sensing versus intuition, uh, thinking versus feeling and judging versus perceiving. And the questions are, um, like yes or no, like it's like two answers. Like it's not like there's this crazy list of things. It's very like, um, forced, forced answers. They're Mm -hmm. like, you know, you have to pick one or the other. So Alex and I took it. Yeah. And we got, um, I got ENTP. So that is extroverted, intuitive, uh, thinking, and perceiving. And Alex got ESFP. Mm-hmm. So that's extroverted. Um, I think that's sensing instead of. Yeah, extroverted, sensing, feeling, perceiving. That's interesting. Our two middle ones are switched, but our two end ones are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so me. So an uh, ENTP is um, inventive, enthusiastic, strategic, um, enterprising, inquisitive, and versatile. Mm-hmm. We enjoy new challenges and we value inspiration. Which I think that some of this stuff is very much like you... You kind of get, you kind of pick and choose what actually applies to you. Right. It's a lot like horoscopes. Just thinking about. It's a lot like numerology. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't. And I almost wonder if it's like knowing these things about yourself. Like, does that then inform your personality? Right. Is it a self fulfilling prophecy? Right. Um, because I think that fits me pretty well. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that don't. Like, I'm actually not very inquisitive as a person. I'm very much like, I'm too, you know why I'm not inquisitive? I talk too much. People, no, seriously, seriously. People, and I, but I don't, I don't inquire. I just talk. People that are really, truly inquisitive are like constantly like mining and they're really active listeners and they're really engaging. Yeah. And that is just not, just not me. 
I, okay, do you know what I don't like? What? Is people that are uh, like that. That uh, <laughs> that are me? No. That you that don't are, like me? No, 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 no. That are super inquisitive, but don't actually care about the answer. They just right. want to like interrogate Be, you. Right. Because right. it makes them feel better. Right. I don't like that. Um, And then Alex. Yeah. Alex is an E-N, ESFP. She is playful, enthusiastic, friendly, spontaneous, tactful, flexible. They have strong common sense and enjoy helping people in tangible ways, which is insane because that actually is you to a T. And it's funny that what you do for a living is, you know, PR because that literally tactful, flexible, friendly, common sense, like that's all really necessary, you know? Thank you. So I think that's pretty cool that it fits you to a T. Thank you very much. Um, some of the other ones that are, that are, I'm not going to read them all. Like if you, I mean, if you, you're probably screaming at me what yours is and please like seriously tweet us. Oh my God. Use this as your way. To yeah. Tweet us. To, I'm so fascinated by this. If every single person listening tweeted me, you're Myers-Briggs, I will yeah. respond and tell you how awesome it is. Like I love it so much. I want to talk to everyone. Like this is my thing at parties where I'm like, okay, what's your Myers-Briggs? Like I okay. find you this know, so fascinating. I want to know what like Ted Bundy registered as. Okay. So wait, so wait. I have certain things. Oh, hell yeah. I've got things for you. I don't know about Ted Bundy specifically. Okay. Um, so some of the other good ones. I think I before I've been a um, ENTJ. So that's um, extroverted, um, intuitive, thinking and judging. Because honestly, I my last one is one that changes and my second, uh, my second one is the one that changes. I'm always thinking and I'm always extroverted. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm more, sometimes when I just, sometimes when I take it. See, that's the other thing. Like sometimes when I take it, I'm more judgmental. Right. Sometimes when I take it, I'm more sensing. I was going to say, I feel like I've definitely gotten a J before. Yeah, yeah. So ENTJ is strategic, logical, efficient, outgoing, ambitious, independent, effective organizers of people, and long-range planners. Um, I'm not a long range planner by any Oh, I am. I'm all, I, I, cool. I talk about it to poor DA all the time. I'm like, I'm always eight steps ahead. You know, I'm always like thinking four years down the road or what do we do? You know, I can, it's really hard for me to sit in the moment okay. and just be present. Okay. Um, another good one is ISFP. I think sometimes this one would be you. Um, gentle, sensitive, nurturing, helpful, flexible, realistic. Um, seeks to create a personal environment that is both beautiful and practical. I think that's literally you just if when you're feeling introverted. That makes sense. Because that's the only difference is the I. Right. Okay. Aww. So because I'm oh, so because I'm garbage, I also <laughs> I I definitely looked up um like leveling your um like okay, so some of them have like leveling your personality type. Um, so Ian, ENTP, me, um, it says the type description is clever is the best way that describes an ENTP. That makes sense. They're innovative, ingenious, and problem solvers. Yep. Um, careers that are good is communication, uh, career choices for your type that use communication skills and learning style are good. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for you, I don't actually don't know what yours would be because I didn't take the test, but Here's one of my favorite things to do. I like to look up the... You're going to make fun of me. I like to look up the, like, who are you Harry Potter chart. You know, like... So I'm going to tell you guys what Alex and I's Harry Potter character would be. Okay. So I am... uh, So Alex is ESFP, and you're going to die because they're... I think they're the best. You got the performers. Fred and George Weasley. Yes! Oh, my God. So it says extroverted, sensing, feeling, perceiving. That's yours. Loud and proud pleasure seekers with a love of pleasing the crowd. Seek to be the center of attention and hate being alone under any circumstances. One th- which the only reason why she's over here tonight is because Maddie's working. And she's like, can we hang out? Maddie's working. I'm like, what am I? Chopped liver. You only want to hang out when Maddie's working? It's fine. I'll take it. <laughs> um, they want the very best of what life has to offer and get bored quite easily, but tend to have impeccable taste in life's niceties. I love that. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. The only other one I could see you being would be, um, where is it? The Dreamer. INFP. 
introverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Sweet-natured, compassionate, idealistic individuals who are quiet but speak directly from the heart. Often have their head in the clouds, but this only serves to fuel their flourishing creativity. Seek peace for themselves and others, often gullible and easily distracted. Luna Lovegood? Luna Lovegood! That's the other one I would think that you are. I love both of those. Wait, are you ready for who I am? I can't wait. ENTP. See, this is so fun. I love it. ENTP, the inventor. Serious Black. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Can I tell you? One. I have his wand. I'm obsessed. I love Sirius. When oh, I saw that, I was like, I'm done. I can die happy. Okay. Extroverted, job. intuitive, thinking, perceiving. Witty, clever, and interesting socializers who are constantly thinking on their feet tend to be very good liars, <laughs> which I'm so bad. I'm so good at lying. I really, if I'm, All if I'm is. ready to do it, I am. I hate lying if it's like, I would hate lying to Alex. Because, like, I care about her. Like, I don't want to hurt her. Right. But, like, just lying to a stranger, like, heck yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, who never shy away from telling a good story. Yes. Playful and in need of constant stimulation in order to keep up with their fast-paced development of new ideas. I am loving this. The only other one I am is, um, wait, where is it? The Counselor, I would think. INFJ. That's who I got the first time I took it, which is Remus... Some other Remus are serious. I mean, like, I'll take it. Those are both the best characters. Right? Okay, so introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. Astute observers who take interest in the needs and desires of others. Private, good-natured, worldly, and quick to make connections between complex concepts. Value self-control and the pursuit of the greater good, but often have difficulty standing up for themselves. Same only some of those things. I'm not a good listener. I'm not private. And I, um... I, I don't value self-control. <laughs> I, do, right. I do whatever I want. Oh, I agree with Sirius, though. I feel like you're very clever. Right? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, are you ready to find out who you are from Star Wars? <laughs> oh my, I'm honestly loving this. <laughs> I just love it so much. Okay, let me see. Who are you? ESFP. You're a wicket. You're one of those little guys that <laughs> can't Oh my God, I'm dying. Outgoing, friendly, and fun-loving, likely to be the center of attention in social situations, love new experiences, and live for the moment. Adapt readily to new people and environments, can get bored easily, enjoy material comforts, and want the best of what life has to offer. Characterized by their positive experiences for others. That's nice. That's That's very very much you. Guess who I got? I can't. (laughs) R2-D2. Isn't that good? That's so good. Quick, innovative, curious, and resourceful. Excellent ability to understand concepts and apply logic to find solutions. Introspective and carefree nonconformist who are bored by routine. Accurate. I am loving that. Thrive, thrive at finding crafty solutions to technical problems, characterized by their ability to pursue and succeed at any risk-taking venture. Nice. I'm kind of bummed I didn't get, like, Leia or something, but this has taught me that, like, the people who I thought I am, I'm not. You know, like, I always thought I would be, like... Hermione or, you know, but no, apparently I'm not. Okay, let's see who you are. So this is famous people who've been yours. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Uh. Ooh, wait. Yeah. Peter the Great. What? Wasn't he like the guy that like conquered like the whole wide world? I think. I don't know. Peter the Great. I know that name. No, Napoleon is on here though. (laughs) Um, enjoy working in groups and match common sense with flexibility. They love people and life and can be likewise materialistic. I'm hearing a lot of materialism on yours. I do like expensive things. Guess who mine is? Hmm. Benjamin Franklin. Fuck <laughs> yes. Clever and entrepreneurial, dislike routine, makes it hard for them to commit in a long-term interest. Accurate. Okay. Napoleon Bonaparte, just so you know, is an ENTJ. And some of the other cool ones are, um... Gandhi is an INFJ. Okay. Um, let's see if there's anyone good on here. Mother Teresa is an ISFJ. Okay. And, oh, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis is an ISFP. Okay. That's the one that's basically ISFP is basically you, but when you're introverted. Oh, Jackie O, I'll take that. Jackie O. Okay. So, yeah, that's my, that's my Myers-Briggs nonsense. I'm loving it. 
That's really um, fun, actually. That was a way I've never heard it book before, so you were right. Bam! I See, honestly, I just like to know what famous, what literary characters I am. That's all I use it for. One day we'll do our numerology, because I love numerology. Numerology is so fun. I don't know anything about numerology. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's a lot. We'll ha- we'll talk about it. Okay. I think Isis wants to know what her score would be on the Myers-Briggs. I don't know. You're too cute. Do you want to come trying up? to circle us. If one of you guys talked, we could have you talk. But oh my god, I wish not. our pets could talk. You're that was to really talk. fun. Yeah, I had Good fun job. teaching each other new things. What did you think? No, you don't She's care. Not impressed. She doesn't care. She's never impressed by us. Someday, Isis. Well, if you want to tell us your Myers Briggs types, our Twitter is at E for Effort Pod. Right. Um, and Instagram is also E for Effort Pod. I don't know, post a photo of your letters or a yeah. Harry Potter character or something. Or the Chicago Fire. <laughs> or your favorite Chicago Fire character. I mean, listen, we're here for all of it. Yeah, post a photo of the meteor that didn't start the fire. We so. didn't start the fire. Um, but also, if you would like to um, have a say in what we talk about, if you want to send us suggestions or ideas or stories or cool things we're open to them and now we do research so we'll look it up we'll love yeah so we'll actually know what we're talking about unless we're talking about <laughs> peter the great and then we will have no idea exactly um if you know who peter the great is tweet at us and let us know Please. um but our email is e for effort podcast yeah at gmail.com. Yep. So email us with ideas and, and and stories and things and cool things. And if you have a story like, oh my gosh, my great-grandmother was at the Chicago Fire and this is what happened. Here's her story. Or like, right. my name is O'Leary. Or um, I'm the granddaughter of whoever Briggs. Or I don't know. Right. Tell us. Like, we want to know. It's super cool. It's weird because like, we're talking to each other, but like we're also talking to you, and we want to hear will back. And we that up. We will, guys. We're so nerdy. We will guys, love it. Guys, first and foremost, no one communicates with us. So if you do, we will talk about you on air. Like that will happen. This will be your moment of <laughs> we are fame. We are we are sixteen episodes in, and we still have you know like ten listeners an episode. So thanks, guys. That could be you. We talk about. <laughs> Come on, the odds are good, man. Oh my god, I love it. Um, are we talking about something we're obsessed with? And I have mine. Do you have yours? Go ahead. I'm obsessed with this new podcast I made Alex listen to. Called, oh, yeah. And that's why we drink. They're basically our counterpart. They're like us if we were cooler and better researched yep. and talked about ghosts. Honestly, I'm obsessed. It combines my two favorite things. It's basically like if last podcast on the left and... My Favorite Murder and Case Files had a baby and it was wonderful and talked about ghosts all the time and drank. I would, it's exact, it's everything you need. If you like listening to two girls talk, um, but you're like, man, I wish Kristen and Alex sounded more intelligent and talked about ghosts, like, bam, this is the podcast for you. Your it's prayers fulfill- have been answered. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. They're amazing. And this is why we drink. That's their name. You can follow them on all the social media platforms. They're hilarious. Go download all their episodes right now. They talk about Ouija boards. They talk about murders. They talk about demons. They talk about Alcatraz and how haunted it is. It's so cool. It's the best. Go download their episodes right now. Do it. Do it. All of them. And if if they've somehow ever listened to this, hi, we love you. You're amazing. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your service, good sir, because you guys are, you're doing because good you're things. you're killing the game. You're doing good things. Um, okay, so what I'm obsessed with this week is because my skin is so bad right now. Guys, Alex has one tiny pimple. It hurts so bad. Okay, but as it's someone. It's like swollen. Okay, but like some people have like lots of pimples and they don't feel bad for you and your beautiful face. Thank you, but it's really bothering me, and I actually told Medi I wasn't coming over because I'm mildly embarrassed about my skin, and I'm clearly hormonal because it's really bothering me. I was like, I'm really tired. My skin broke out. I'm just having a bad day. I'm just having a girl day. Um, Okay, anyway, so to combat that, um, I got it as a Christmas present, but I just started using it. It's Kate Somerville's uh, Exfoliate. Ooh. Um, It's an intensive exfoliator. And I'm looking it up right now to make sure I have the name right. And it is, like, very expensive. So I'm going to start using this more sparingly. 
But, um, no, it's amazing. It's like a mask, kind of. You use it, um, like, on clean skin, mm-hmm. uh, and um, you just let it sit for, like, a couple minutes, mm-hmm. and it literally, like, you take it off, and you feel like... Your face feels like a newborn. Baby. Honestly, you just feel like you have come out of a womb. Like, it's like your skin is so pure and clean and beautiful, and it, it just feels so great, and it feels so fresh, and I notice, like, amazing results instantly, so... Thank you Listen, for this blessed product. Sometimes, honestly, you gotta you gotta spend money to make money. You know what I mean. You gotta spend money, you gotta shell out on nice stuff that really works. I am so thankful for this product. I uh, I love it. Good to know. And this is not yeah. an ad, guys. This is not Neither of these people have paid us. We're just really genuinely obsessed with these things. Yeah, no, it, it's amazing. I suggest it completely. Especially um, in the winter. Yeah. Like my skin is so dry. You need to exfoliate it and then you need to moisturize yeah. it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I use a CeraVe moisturizer. I love that too. But I really, really love the exfoliator. Okay, good to know. I'll have to get some because I'm, it's rough. Okay, well, Alex and I are going to go watch a scary movie because that's what we do. So excited. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Um, also, we're going to start releasing podcasts on Tuesday. Yeah, we're moving our days to Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Tuesday morning. So be sure to check us out on your commute to work. Yeah, we'll make it a little bit more annoying. Yeah. Cause but hey, maybe, maybe now we'll teach you something you didn't know. Hopefully we don't put you to sleep while you're driving. I mean, I don't think either of us have good enough voices. To, but you have to be like, <laughs> we're way too nasally. Good morning. Yeah, yeah, for real. I'm just, I'm just too loud in general. I don't think anyone would fall asleep to me screaming at them. No, me neither. But thank you. Tweets, tweet, email, Insta. Do you think we're trending yet? No. <laughs>